Hello there, this is Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. And today I'm being joined by Mike Livingston, who's one of the members of the team. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, today we're looking at session two, which is a study of Proverbs chapter three, verses one through 12. Mike, I'm just going to walk through the outline uh, just to kind of set the table for mm-hmm. us. Uh, verses one through four, we've entitled that particular passage section, Remember. In that section, Solomon called on God's people to remember the commands he gave, pointing to the promise of long life to those who obey them. The second section is what we've entitled Trust, which is Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. In this section, Solomon challenged young Israelites to trust and acknowledge God. This was in contrast to those who had depended on their own understanding and wisdom. The third section in this passage we've entitled Honor, which are verses 9 and 10 of chapter 3. In this section, Solomon directed God's people to honor God by presenting the first fruits to him. Solomon pointed out that God promises to provide for those who honor him in their giving. The last section, which deals with verses 11 and 12, we've entitled that Accept. In that section, Solomon urged the acceptance of God's discipline as an act of love. Solomon compared God to a loving father who gives direction to his son. What are some ways people despise God's instruction? Uh, how, does God's, how does God discipline? Uh, how do we know the difference between discipline and punishment? Some of those kind of issues that are sitting there. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of issues right there that you uh, brought up. And let, me, let me tackle those from, from the last to the first. Let me start with that last one, the difference between discipline and punishment, because there is a difference. To, to discipline means to teach, to train, to correct. We know that God's purpose in disciplining us is to mature us. To punish means to inflict a penalty. Or to be punished means to pay a penalty. Now, here's what the gospel tells us, that Jesus already bore our punishment, that he paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. So there's no, you know, Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So as believers, we know that we will not be punished for our sin in the sense of being condemned for it, but... We know that God disciplines us as a loving father. And when he disciplines us, it's to transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ. Uh, so God's discipline is always for our benefit. And the writer of Hebrews you know, even quoted these verses from Proverbs 3. And, and, and he says in, in Hebrews 12 that God disciplines us for our benefit so that we can share his holiness and it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who've been trained by it. So God's discipline... Uh, yields in us the, the fruit of, of God's peace and, and righteousness. Now, um, yeah, if you also ask how, okay, how does God discipline us? Mm-hmm. Um, d- discipline can be uh, positive or it can be negative. You know, we can think of it in two different ways. We, we often think of it as a negative thing, but discipline that's is... That's when we confuse punishment with y- discipline. Yeah, yeah, but, you, you know, I mean, discipline can be positive in the sense of instruction. And, and Solomon made, made that point, actually, in Proverbs 3.11. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son. Do not loathe his discipline. And there you've got instruction and discipline as being parallel uh, ideas. So, so God confronts us with his word to teach us, to train us, to correct us, to discipline us. But then there's, there's the negative aspect as well. And we think often of discipline as being a, a, a painful experience, and sometimes it is. Uh, that mean every bad experience in our lives um, is, is God's hand of discipline. But on the other hand, he may use those experiences, those painful experiences, to uh, 
to bring us back to him or to lead us to repentance or to align our heart with his purposes. We often don't see that uh, those experiences uh, were God's disciplining us until we look back on them you know, at a later point in life. One of the things in this passage, too, in verses 1 through 4, is we have this promise of long life if we obey. How do we account for good people dying young based on this passage? Yeah. Uh, That's a hard one. That, that is a hard one that you'll, yeah, we'll have to, to talk about. Um, the, the, the promise, you know, it sounds like a promise, many days, full life, well-being, Proverbs 3, 2. And, and it sounds like, well, if you live right, if you live by God's wisdom, do the right thing, you're going to have a long and trouble-free life. We know that's not, that's not the case, and that's not what it's saying here. Uh, because we know that sometimes you, you can obey God, you do all the right things, and, and, and it still goes, it, things go badly for you. So instead of good health and, and a long life, you get cancer. And even though you, you give generously to the work of the Lord, you get laid off from your job, you lose your job. So those kinds of things are no indication that you, 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 you're lacking in faith or you're living in sin or anything like that. Um, so to say or assume that godly people will never suffer in this life, that's just not true. It's not biblical. Um, but we do know that living in a fallen world, uh, that there's going to be suffering. And even, uh, especially for, for believers, where Paul, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So there will be increased suffering for those who are faithful. So in light of that, what do we make of this proverb? And what is, what is, uh, what is it actually saying to us? Well, we need to understand what a proverb really is, what it actually is. A, a proverb and a direct promise are really two different things. A proverb expresses a general truth. It's, it's something assumed as self-evident. But a proverb doesn't operate on the same level as a direct promise of God. And so here's a couple of, an example of each in Romans 10, 13. Here's a promise. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise. That's, that's always true always true. On the other hand, you've got these Proverbs, like uh, an example, Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's a general truth. General observation. General, yeah. Generally, that's true. But still, we see children who were raised in godly, loving homes who leave the faith. And, and the reason this happens is because there are other factors involved in a child's life, like for example, his or her, her own faith, apart from the faith of those involved in that child's upbringing. A child has to respond personally to and believe the gospel. You can't, one cannot and will not be saved on the basis of the faith of the, of the parents. So, so back to Proverbs 3, 2, many days, a full life and well-being. That, that proverb is a general truth. And what it's saying is that making wise decisions, living uh, by godly wisdom will increase your chances of a long and full life. It will lead to a fulfilling and satisfying life. And the reverse of that is true. Making unwise decisions can cut your life short, both length of days and also the quality of your days. An issue that I see in that conversation when I'm thinking about that for my group is the issue of why we obey in the first place. Yeah. Do we obey so that we have long life, or do we obey because that's just the right thing to do, and mm -hmm. that's how we honor God? Right. Uh, it seems to me that, that the question is the wrong question mm -hmm. when we have that kind of mm -hmm. thing on the table. Right. Uh, moving on here in the passage, in uh, 
in verses 9 and 10, we see this idea of first fruits. Uh, help us un- understand that a little bit more. What, what's the principle for us to follow today there with this idea of first fruits? Yeah, there, there is a principle that comes uh, from, from the, the, the law. Uh, so Proverbs 3.9 is where we see that in this passage where it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first uh, produce of your entire harvest. Well, there was a law, uh, Old Testament law, uh, which instructed Jews to bring to the Lord their, the first fruits of their flocks and the first uh, fruits of their crops. You find that in Exodus 13.2, Leviticus 23.10. Uh, but God demanded not only the first of their crops and, and uh, their flocks, but also the best. So you've got in Exodus 23.19, bring the best of your first fruits and uh, bring, bring the best of your fruit, fruits of, first fruits of the land uh, to the house of the Lord. So how do, where's the principle? How does that apply to us? That everything we have belongs to him. And giving a portion of what we have is a way of acknowledging that he owns everything we have. Exodus 13, 2, where the Lord says, it is mine. Okay, we do this because the Lord says, it's all mine. So a way to honor God is, is to, to honor him with our possessions. Uh, it, it's a way of acknowledging God's goodness, God's provision, Giving is, is, is a way of expressing our trust in God, our devotion to him, our worship. It's an act of obedience. So, so this whole idea of first fruits just it reminds us that we are to give him our first and our best and not our leftovers. So still in effect today for us as believers. Yes. Okay. Uh, we may want to conclude our study with our group by doing the Bible skill Mike's already mentioned Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. Well, that's what we're, we're being asked to read in the Bible skill uh, as a group, is to read that passage from Hebrews and compare that to what we find in Proverbs 3 to give us insight into the issue of discipline of God in the lives of his people. Mike, any other things you'd like to share about our, our lesson here in, out of uh, Proverbs 3? Uh, yeah, I don't know, except... Maybe just I'm reminded as I read uh, this uh, chapter in Proverbs how God as Father is a concept found even in the Old Testament. It's not just a New Testament concept. That that in Proverbs we find this you know, that we 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 have this confidence that God loves us as a caring Father who not only knows what's best for us but who's working for our good. Wouldn't that sometimes means disciplining us? So, and, and Jesus gave us an even greater understanding of what it means to call God our Father. And he taught us to approach God as children coming before a, a loving and caring Father. And it's just interesting that we, we see that concept even here in Proverbs chapter 3. Mike, thank you for bringing that up to us, reminding us of the importance of the idea of God being Father. Uh, I just want to share with you all before we go that in the fall of 2020, you're going to see some changes in the Explore the Bible resources. You're going to find a fresh cover design, a few tweaks to the layout of the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide uh, that will help you read more easily. Uh, And it also gives us additional space to include more commentary. And you're also going to see a few changes in the leader guide. You can get an early look at these enhancements by clicking on the sample tab on our webpage, which is goexplorethebible.com. Now, you will be asked for an email to get the samples, but we promise to be good stewards of that email. Thank you for listening today, and know that we pray for you and hope you will do the same for us, that God will give us wisdom as we create. Exploring.